Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy, and I get to bring you this show each and every week. It's played in Christian radio stations right around Australia, and we feel so fortunate to be partnering with all of them in the incredible work they do in their communities, giving messages of hope and, and faith and love, and it also goes out as a, a podcast to lots and lots of people who get it each and every week. Right around Australia. In fact, there are people who listen to this right around the world. And why wouldn't you when we've got the quality people who are contributing to the show each and every week? And this week, it's a week where we mark the fourth Sunday in ordinary time. We're back into the ordinances, the counting through the, the numbers of readings that we go through the scriptures in our cycle of readings over about a three-year cycle. Here's A, B, and C. And on the journey, we, we try and break open the gospel that's read on Sundays. I know some people listen to this midweek, and a lot of radio stations play this show uh, over a couple of uh, opportunities, usually on a Sunday and often midweek as well. doesn't matter when you're listening to it. The, the richness that we get in breaking open the scriptures is always there. And great to have Father Mark DiBattista, who's uh, breaking up in the Gospel of Matthew for us today as we, we venture into the Beatitudes. And he's, he's going to talk about what does it mean to be poor in spirit. Also going to be hearing from Father Mike Delaney from down in Tassie. He wants to uh, to talk to us about the importance of social encounters, those chance meetings we have with people and, and being awake to what God is doing in the everydayness of those encounters. Trish McCarthy's with us. Milk and Honey's her segment. Mealtimes with Jesus is a, is a piece that she's got for us today. And again, how Jesus engaged in the, the ordinariness of life with people, particularly by having a meal with them. The Bush Deacon, Josh Clayton, he's a champion fellow. He's based down in Bathurst, and uh, he, he took his daughter to work recently with him when he was doing some work in the diocesan offices, and uh, she said something really interesting, and it just made, uh, made Josh think about being ever youthful and ever new. Mother Hilda Scott is with us, of course. Wisdom from the Abbey is her much-loved God spot, and she's, uh, she's going to talk about that comment that you hear regularly, people when they tell you to have a, have a nice day. And how we need to be receptive to that, and maybe what God's saying to us each morning when we wake up as well. First up, though, we're going to kick off with the gospel reflection. It's from Father Mark De Batista. Thank you to him, and, and thank you to the guys from Massview at Home. We uh, we record that in our diocese too. It goes out via Southern Cross Ten, it goes out on a lot of other platforms too. Listened to and viewed by lots of people, particularly those that are in remote areas, and and those that are oftentimes. Unable to get around like they were used to. Lots and lots of people in nursing homes right around Australia are few mass you at home. And we're really lucky to get the, the quality of people like Father Mark DiBattista, who we're going to hear from today. Let's hear the gospel claim first, though. Matthew 5, 1-12, Max Norden, our sound editor, and he's going to read that for you. And then after the break, we'll be hearing from Mother Hilda Scott. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up the hill. There he sat down and was joined by his disciples. Then he began to speak. This is what he taught them. How happy are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy the gentle. They shall have the earth for their heritage. Happy those who mourn. They shall be comforted. Happy those who hunger and thirst for what is right, they shall be satisfied. Happy the merciful, they shall have mercy shown them. Happy the pure in heart, they shall see God. Happy the peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. Happy those who are persecuted in the cause of right, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are you when people abuse you and persecute you and speak all kinds of calumny against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Mark de Battista. When the evangelists come to write their particular gospel, they all look at it from a particular lens. And that's why the evangelists or the gospels rather are so different from one another and yet they have common threads. They're all telling the story of the same Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who walked this earth for 33 years. But the particular lens that they bring to their gospel is studied 
as biblical theology. And it brings out, and, and this is what I want to bring out for you today, to show you some of the biblical theology of St. Matthew and how he sees Jesus. St. Matthew looks upon Jesus as the new Moses. So just as in the Old Testament, Moses went up Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments from God, so too Jesus now is going up the hill. And there he sat down, joined by his disciples, and then he begins to speak. This gospel today comes from chapter 5. And so chapter 5 to chapter 7 in St. Matthew's gospel are known as that great sermon that Jesus gave, the Sermon on the Mount. So he's presenting Jesus as the, the new lawgiver. And in saying that he's the new Moses, he's not only fulfilling the law and the prophets, but he's also reinterpreting it in some way. So let's get into the actual Beatitudes, or at least some of them as time will allow, and then see what Jesus is doing here. If you want a very full commentary on this, I encourage you to read Pope Benedict XVI's Jesus of Nazareth, Volume 1. Uh, it's beautiful what he outlines here. Now in the original Greek, the word makarios could be translated either as happy or as blessed. And I prefer to choose blessed because in English it's a punchier word, more full of meaning. So how blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed the gentle, they shall have the earth for their heritage, and so forth. So the first beatitude, we ask ourselves, why are the poor in spirit blessed? Well, the simple answer is this, that those who are poor in spirit are able to receive the kingdom of heaven. Those who are full of themselves and not poor in spirit are actually blocked off from the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus isn't talking here about some kind of material poverty. It's really a recognition that as spiritual beings, we are in need of God. In fact, St. Luke in his version of the Beatitudes says, blessed are those who know they are poor in spirit. Another point here to bring out is, Blessed those who are persecuted in the cause of right, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Righteousness is always about the ways of God. And those who are prepared to fight and experience the persecution that comes from living a righteous life and spreading it to others will indeed be rewarded by God with heavenly glory. May the message of the Beatitudes truly fill our hearts as we hear what St. Matthew is saying about Jesus as the new Moses and living by these Beatitudes, may we too be worthy of a place in the kingdom. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. When they revile and harm you 
and speak all evil against you untruly for my sake. Blessed are the merciful, for mercy they will find. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called God's children. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. I don't know about you, but I have a vehement internal reaction every time someone says to me, have a nice day. It always sounds so trite and custom made and dare I say quite judgmentally, so insincere. I saw a card once, and the caption said, I don't care who you are. No one has a right to tell me what kind of day to have. In recent times, I've found myself exposed to a great deal of have a nice day comments, and I've begun to see it a little differently. I was in an airport, having said goodbye to a dear friend whom I'll never see again, and I was waiting for my own plane home. I felt the need to get a cuppa and a small morsel to go with it and simply sit quietly for a bit. I ordered the coffee and sure enough, as I knew it would, out came the comment, Now ma'am, you have a nice day. The attendant said it with such enthusiasm as though it was an article of faith for her. She threw every ounce of energy into wishing me a nice day. She grinned from ear to ear. It was as though she was wishing me absolutely everything that could possibly be good in my life. In response, I simply smiled and said, thank you, and went and sat down. It felt nothing like a nice day. I looked around at all the strangers milling around me. I looked at their faces and wondered, were they having a nice day? Some didn't look like it. That's when the inspiration hit me, and I thought, We actually need people to remind us that a nice day is always possible no matter what happens. It all depends on what we do with it. A smile from someone in the middle of a catastrophe can change everything. A word of kindness when I'm unsure can give me new confidence. We human beings are capable of ensuring that every person on the planet has a nice day. It is in fact our God-given right. All those people who say it so glibly are actually imparting an eternal truth. The scriptures assure us in a zillion ways just how possible it is to have a nice day when we have it with God. A part of the spin-off of God becoming man was really that we would always have access to a nice day. I'm beginning to think that all those for whom the comment comes trippingly off the tongue are actually some of our best preachers. Furthermore, I have a sneaking suspicion that every morning when you and I first wake, God whispers to us, have a nice day. Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there. Hope you enjoyed that. Don't forget you can give us some feedback. Go to jcr.org.au. We love hearing from our many, many thousands of listeners. And it's great to get feedback from you. You can also check us out on Facebook if you want to go and find uh, The Journey, Journey Catholic Radio, JCR on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you there as well. And thanks to Mother Hilda Scott who had a reflection on that often repeated phrase, have a have a nice day, and potentially what God might be saying to us each morning, whispering to us, hey, have a nice day, and do so in God's presence as well. After the break, we're going to be hearing from the Bush Deacon. It's Josh Clayton. He's from down Bathurst Way. He's an absolute champion. Had a chance to go and uh, really get to know Josh over in London a few years ago when we went over with a whole bunch of combined churches and Alpha Australia to the Alpha Conference and and saw Nicky Gumbel there and, and met some amazing people. Got really so much encouragement from from so many of the churches from different denominations about what's unfolding for us as a, a church that's waking up again to the power of evangelization and, and certainly the power of Alpha. Well, that's where I got to meet Josh and He's got a reflection for us in his Bush Deacon segment, a bit of a reflection on some learnings he had from taking his daughter to work. That's after the break. First up, though, here's Stephanie Gretzinger 
and the song Morning Song Faith, Hope, Love and Life My name's Jude Hennessy Thanks for joining us on the journey Night turns to morning You have been waiting Whispering to me Gently I'm waking It's the dawn of a new day You've painted for me Colors exploding Telling our story on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness Lord, you put me back 
the bush deacon josh clayton as the father of four children my wife and i are pretty busy running around after the kids for all sorts of activities one of the things i do try to do is finish work early on a friday so i can pick the kids up from school it seems to be something they enjoy and it's something i enjoy too being there when they finish and take them somewhere might go do some shopping for the weekend or whatever the case may be it's a special time Recently on a Friday afternoon, I picked up my daughter and we went through the workplace where I work, which is at the Diocesan office. We went out to the back where all the cars were parked and we saw a car parked there with a P-plate on it, provisional license. And my daughter said, whose car is that? Only old people want to work where you work. It's funny, isn't it, that sometimes we think that Christianity can be something that is only for the old. It's not necessarily something that is young or youthful. I like to challenge that. Christianity is a faith that challenges you. It's not just something that's safe and easy. It's something that calls for radical, life-changing decisions. So it's interesting that my daughter sees the church as something just for old people. 
even though she goes to church every week and does lots of things through the week that help her grow in her faith and her relationship with God. It's the thing we have to work on sometimes, isn't it? To see whether perception matches up with reality, to see whether people understand what we're trying to do is what we are doing or what just people think we're doing. It's a challenge, but it's also something that's really important. I look at those that have given their life in terms of martyrdom or just in terms of service. They're doing it not because it's for old people. It's because they love their God and they've encountered Jesus in a way that transformed their lives. I'm going to talk to my daughter about that. I'm going to talk to her about whether it is religion and faith is just for old people. I know she doesn't really think that, but it's something that I have to keep in the front of my mind as well. Sometimes we may fall into habits that aren't true. Sometimes it could be entirely true, and maybe we're not just talking about the right Jesus. So this week... What's some preconceived ideas? What's some things that people may think about you or about your faith that you can challenge? Is faith just for the old or is faith for each and every one of us, ever youthful and ever new? I hope you enjoyed that from Deacon Josh Clayton there. He's from down in Bathurst, as I said, uh, leading into his segment. And a really strong message there that uh, regardless of age, Christianity is a faith that challenges. It's not something that's safe and easy, and it's something that calls for radical, life-changing decisions. Boldness, let's call it as it is. Thank you to Deacon Josh there. Hard to believe that we're almost at the end of January. There are people that are gearing up to go to school tomorrow for the first day back. A lot of people might be really happy that that's about to occur. I'm sure there's plenty of mums and dads at homes that are going, thank goodness we can uh, we can get back into some routines. I hope that as you're listening to today's show, you're being encouraged, you're being refreshed and renewed as we uh, really dive back into a new year. Once school kicks off again, the holidays are truly over and we uh, we get back into the routines of, of normal living, which is, which is a good thing. After the break, Trish McCarthy is going to talk uh, about... The importance of mealtimes and just how much Jesus obviously loved food and being with people. That's after the break. First up, here's a bit more music. Matt Boswell and Matt Papa. His mercy is more. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more.
Love and life. This is the journey. And now it's time for milk and honey with Trish McCarthy. Have you ever noticed how much Jesus loved food? Back in the good old days, meal times were not a chore like they can be today. They were, and I believe still are, valuable and powerful times of connection. Food brings people together. Jesus ate with sinners, Pharisees, his disciples at the Last Supper, and even after his resurrection. He often used food in his parables, the seed and the sower, the vine and the branches, as well as his miracles, like feeding the 5,000. Feeding ourselves, both physically and spiritually, is a basic, fundamental skill of life. It strengthens us and sustains us. Somewhere along the line, though, this fundamental aspect of who we are has become an inconvenience. Get it over with so we can get on with life. I encourage you today to look at it from a different perspective. Food both divine and earthly, is our life source. It's where we get our strength and energy to do what's required of us and fulfil our responsibilities and commitments. As I mentioned earlier, it's a valuable time of connection with ourselves and others. If your kids are big enough, i.e. they can walk and talk, invite them to help and contribute in the process. Chop the veggies and spend some special time with mum. Turn the sausages and have a laugh with dad. Take the opportunities to talk with those you live with about life your day or affirm them around you. Learn to love cooking and creating. Some of my favourite memories are being in the kitchen with mum and sitting down as a family to enjoy what we created together. Feed yourself well and be open to God's healing and presence in the moment. Thanks to Trish McCarthy there. Some great insights in Milk and Honey, her segment all about the good stuff God, uh, God brings us. Milk and Honey is well named and she spoke about just the importance of Jesus engaging with people in mealtimes and the importance of, of feeding ourselves both physically and spiritually, taking the time to do it, taking time to make sure that mealtimes matter. We're ripping through today's show, no question about that. After the break, you're going to be hearing the final God spot for, for this week. It's from Father Mike Delaney. He's going to talk to us about encountering people in social situations, chance, chance encounters. That's God in the Everyday with Father Mike Delaney. Bit more music though. Here's, uh, here's Matt Maher, Bigger Table, and a bit of Andrew Rip. Fill my cup after the break. Father Mike Delaney is going to round out the show for us. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you've joined us this week on the journey. Come gather around the mystery of love in our broken history. Where grace is the fault lines in me, time and time again. Welcomes me to a, a house for the hungry, a well for the thirsty, where all saints come together. Show the show. 
I'm Julie from Wollongong and you're listening to The Journey.
But even this valley was a golden street. on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness and now seeing god in life's everyday events here's father mike delaney a chance encounter at the shopping center recently allowed me to chat with the parishioner whom i see regularly at mass but we don't really have the chance to share what's happening in our lives he recently traveled up the east coast of Tasmania and say, stayed in the same area as I did with my friends when we went on our wine tour recently. He mentioned that he'd seen the places that we'd been to on Facebook. He then told me he managed to visit some of the vineyards and mentioned two that were definite highlights on his trip. One that we've booked to look at next year when we visit and the second I didn't know about. His reason for going wasn't to do a wine tour, but was actually to catch up with family, some from the mainland, who were coming to Tassie for the first time in three years, and to visit Coles Bay and the Freshenay Peninsula. But what was special, and this is true no matter where you go, he said was the joy of spending time with his extended family after the enforced COVID break. And without any real prompting, he shared some of their adventures and the joy of being together and remarked how the laughter and the love made their three days a real boost at the end of a long school term. Being able to recreate in a pleasant environment with loved ones is certainly a blessing. But I wonder what life might look like if we were more intentional in seeking to find ways to experience the same joy and camaraderie in the everyday. A few days after this encounter, I shared a meal with some friends and as the meal progressed, the conversation came round to asking how we might be able to foster a deeper sense of belonging and community with the many young families that we meet at Mass and afterwards. Whilst the strategy hasn't been completely formulated, we chatted about working with one or two of these families and asking them to be the catalyst to involve their friends in a simple gathering that would hopefully evolve into a monthly activity. We hope that by creating the environment for the children to interact together and then opportunities for the families, the adults, to share their stories, that we might provide a springboard for greater participation in the life of the parish for everyone involved. Now, it's already started in one sense. We're just trying to make it much better. And it all started with a chance encounter in the shopping centre which started me thinking about how we could go about building community. Mind you, that's a concern that's always on my mind. But when these couple of events happened within a short time, then the possibilities became endless. So I'd ask the question, who have you met lately and how might they have started you thinking about something different in your life? Wondering, thinking and doing something about it is just another way that God works in our everyday.
Great song to finish the show. That's Christy Knuckles, Build My Life. And before that, we heard from the one and only Father Mike Delaney. He's an absolute champion. Looking forward to seeing him in a, in a short period of time. He's going to be up for the Divine Renovation Conference, which is being held at Penshurst. We're going to be having Father James Mallon in the country, who is the author of the Divine Renovation books and a movement that is sweeping Catholic parishes right around the world for some pretty simple processes, but simple is often hard, eh? Sometimes the simplest things are the most difficult things, but uh, a way of leading, a way of transforming parishes that is really true to the gospel, is really true to outreach, that is really true to the charisma, basic gospel message, and in expectantly drawing people into an encounter with uh, the Holy Spirit. It's having a big impact, and it's a sellout, and it has been for about a month. So pray for that conference for us, if you if you don't mind. There are people from all over Australia and New Zealand who are coming to that, and um, it's getting up ahead of steam in lots and lots of parishes around Australia, and indeed right around the world. We'll be there. In fact, Max Norton's coming along with us. He hopes to get some interviews with some pretty key presenters on the course of that weekend, which is only uh, only about 10 days away. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. Thanks to everyone who's contributed to it, all of our regular, regular contributors, of course, like Mother Hilda Scott and uh, Trish McCarthy, Father Mike Delaney. Great to have Josh Clayton, but big thank you to, to Father Mark DiBattista, who himself is doing some wonderful things in, in renewal in his parish at Port Kembla. I just had an incredibly successful alpha down there. Well, thank you to him for contributing right at the top of the show with our gospel reflection. We will be doing it all again next week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Thanks so much for joining us this week on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Darawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.